Harmony, beautiful job. Thank you so much for that. Praise the Lord for that. And um, I'm glad to be here tonight. I'm so thankful that we've been able to get together. And um, these missionaries, it's amazing how God brings us together. And I praise the Lord for the missionaries that are here with us this week. And I'm going to ask at this time, Brother Doolittle, if you'll come and preach for us tonight. Let's give him a hand as he comes and preaches for us. I'd like to thank the pastor and the church for the opportunity to be here. Uh, you have been very friendly already so far. Uh, this has been a, a joy to be here with you guys. Um, I just before I get into the message, before we get into the, the more serious stuff, I just want to make sure that everybody understands that yes, our name is Doolittle, but no, we do not speak to animals. Okay, just get that out of the way before you, you know, so now you don't have to keep looking at me like, how, how does he do that, you know? Okay, all right. Um, tonight, I'd like to ask you to open your Bibles to Psalm chapter 78. Now, I'm not presenting about us or our ministry tonight. I'll be doing that tomorrow night. But uh, Psalm chapter 78, I'd like to preach what God has laid on my heart and uh, hope it'll be a blessing to you. Psalm chapter 78. Have you found it? If you would, please, if you can, would you please stand? I'd like to read the first three verses uh, and then we'll have a word of prayer. Psalm chapter 78, verses 1 through 3, God's word says, Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, I pray, Lord, this, this evening that you may... Use me to speak your words the way you would have them to be spoke, Lord, and that through your word and your Holy Spirit, you may touch each heart and help us understand your will and your purpose for our lives, Lord. I pray these things give me wisdom tonight in Christ's precious name. Amen. You may be seated. As we look through these uh, verses, and we'll be getting into the message, the body of the message just a little later on, just kind of as an introduction, uh, the author of this text, of course, is the Holy Spirit. Amen? You guys do say amen here, right? Okay, good. Uh, so, so it's the Holy Spirit. But the human writer that God used to write this is a man by the name of Asaph. How many of you are familiar with Asaph? All right, a few. That's good. Asaph was a Levite chosen by David with the other one as well, but to be one of the lead song directors, choir directors, music, the whole music area in praise to the Lord. So he's writing this, and so since we know who it is, we also know the time period of Israel is during the time of the reign of David, on into the time of Solomon just a little bit. But uh, it's during a time that Israel is in a good situation spiritually. Pretty good, anyway. Uh, and so many times we as Christians have our thoughts that we're in a pretty good situation spiritually, so we're fine. We don't need to hear messages, right? On the contrary, you still need to hear messages. And Asaph here kind of takes off on that. He starts out by saying in the first verse, he says, Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. Basically, just kind of making it into simple English, he's saying, pay attention, I've got something to say. 
And I think sometimes we forget that we need to pay attention when the Word of God is being spoken. We kind of like read through it and look through it, but we don't pay attention to what God is wanting to say. So he's basically saying, pay attention. I've got something to say. It goes on to verse 2, which is also a prophecy about the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old. And here he's talking about teaching and teaching in a parable, teaching in a, in a, in a way of helping people understand things. And he goes on to say, that he will utter dark sayings of old. Now, I'll be honest, first time I saw this in an American Bible, remember, I'm missionary in Brazil all my life. My primary language is Portuguese. I'm preparing all my messages in Portuguese in my Brazilian Bible. So when I was preparing this in my American Bible, I go like, I will utter dark sayings of old. That kind of sounds spooky. What's he talking about? Dark sayings of old. Well, that's kind of the idea. It's, it's dark sayings of old. It means something that's profound, something that is deep, something you don't just look over lightly and forget. You need to show the, shed a little light on this and see what's it talking about. And that's what we need to do with the Word of God and a lot of the teachings in the Word of God. Sometimes we just go over lightly rather than getting into it and understanding what is he really talking about. But he's basically saying, listen, I want to teach you, I want to talk about some things here, I want to share some things, and this is something that's deep, it's profound, it, it's important, and he also says, of old. It's amazing how today so many churches and so many people are trying to find a new gospel, a new message, but it's still the same old Bible, it's still, still the same old message that needs to be preached throughout all the world. It's the same message here in the United States as it is in the Philippines, as it is in Brazil, uh, as it is in Mexico, or anywhere around the world, it's, it's still the same message. It's the same old message that renews itself day by day. Now I know that here we're talking about Asaph, and that's Old Testament, and he's talking with the people of Israel specifically, but I think there's a very clear parallel with us today that we also need to be reminded to share the Word of God and preach the Word of God today. He goes on in verse 3, he says, which we have heard, in other words, it's gotten in here, and known, that means it's gotten farther inside, and our fathers have told us. Let me ask you a question tonight. Are you born again? Are you saved? All right, that's a good turnout. Amen. Well, if you are saved, it is because you have heard. And therefore, hearing, uh, the faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So you have heard and known. It had to be more than just hearing. It had to be an applying, a participating of that for you to get saved. And somebody told you. It may not have been literally your father, but it was your father's in the sense of the faith. Someone before you brought that message to you, and you heard it, and you trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. So we got that parallel in there. So as we go through now the message, because all this is just introduction, when he gets into the message part here, we can see how we can apply that to our lives as well. When he gets to verse 4, he says basically, you know, we've heard it, we know it. You've heard it, you know it, you're saved, amen? amen. Now what? So what? What happens? Verse 4, he says, we will not hide them from their children. Now, if you like grammar, that's your problem. I have a terrible problem with grammar. 
when I say, get to look at a verse like this, we will not hide them from their children. Them who from whose children? Well, what the verse before says. We will not hide them, the teachings, from their children. Whose children? Our father's children. So we should not hide the teachings from our father's children. So who are our father's children? That's us. That's our generation. That means we need to make sure that we know and our generation knows about the things of the Lord. We should be busy telling our friends at work, at school, wherever you meet them, we need to be busy sharing with them that which we have received already. Now, Brother Doolittle, God didn't call me to be a missionary. Okay. Well, if you don't think he called you to be a missionary, per se, as a foreign missionary or someone that goes out to start a church, you must remember that God gave the Christians the job of going. Right? Well, I don't know what to say. Well, say what happened to you. You heard the word of God. It became faith in you, and you became knowledgeable of his salvation. You trusted him for his salvation, and someone did that by bringing that to you. Just take that same message to someone else. It's not that complicated. We've heard it. We know it. We received it. Share it. So he says, we will not hide them from their children. We'll share this with our generation. He goes on saying, showing to the generation to come. That's the next generation. That's our children. But anyway, he says, showing to the generation to come. And he talks about three things, three areas where they should be sharing, where we should be sharing. First of all, he says, the praises of the Lord. Now, what does he mean by praises of the Lord? What does the word praise mean? Uh, today, there's so much confusion with praise and worship, and a lot of what goes on is neither praise nor worship. Uh, worship is a different word. We won't get into that one today, just for sake of time. But what's the word praise? The word praise actually means to uplift to make big. I'm pretty sure here that uh, Asaph himself is probably referring to, yes, the songs, the psalms, and yes, we do praise God with our voice as we sing and uplift the Lord, but let me ask you, is it great to uplift the Lord in the congregation? Yes, it's great. And as we sing songs, we should be uplifting the Lord. We should be making him known all the more and reminding ourselves and reminding our brothers and sisters of the greatness of our God. But is that all praising is? Some people have the idea that singing is praising and only singing is praising, and it's not. We should, everywhere we're at, we should be praising the Lord and sharing the praises of the Lord. Now, the word praise is a word that you know well. For example, do you guys have any particular football team in this state? No. Well, I was born across the lake, so I'm not going to mention anything from over there. But, uh, you know, you, you have certain football teams you like, or I know you're far enough north, you guys probably have hockey teams. I don't know. But, uh, you know, you guys have teams of sports that you like, and that's okay. You probably have certain types of rifles that you like, you know, for hunting. 
and you have certain types of this and that, you know what I mean? A certain particular brand of car that you like, and that's, that's, that's the kind of car you have to have, or that's the type of truck you have to have, that's the best one. And we praise these things, do we not? We tell our friends and our buddies how great that rifle is and how it, we kill that deer every time we aim at one and pull a trigger. And, you know, how great that truck is and just, you know, how it never gets stuck out there when I'm hunting. And we talk about how great our football team is and how great the players are. But do we talk to other people about how great God is? Do we have that same excitement when we walk around and talk about the great God we serve and the great church that we serve this God at, do we share it with that same excitement? Or are we kind of like, someone says, are you a Christian? We're like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a Christian. I go to that Baptist church, Lighthouse Baptist church over there, yeah. And then you start talking about the football team or your, or your shotgun or rifle, and you go, yeah, man, like, that is great! Hey, God is great. We need to remind people, we need to talk to our generation, we need to share it with the generation to come. God is great. He is wonderful. He saved me from going to hell. He didn't just save me from going to hell, but he now gets me and adopts me as his own son, and he's coming to take me to heaven where I'll spend eternity having a wonderful time. He's a wonderful and marvelous God. Can we not share that with excitement? We should. He goes on, he says, not just the praises of the Lord, but he says, and his strength. And this is part of praising the Lord. He's talking about his strength. Remembering that God is strong. Now, some things about God being strong that are really important. Did you know that God is really, 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 really strong and mighty? Like he created the whole world just by speaking it into existence. Okay? Now, Let's, let's think of strength and power here. Did you know that COVID is a disease that has been messing up the world for almost two years now? God is stronger. I'm not knocking the disease. I know it exists. I've had it. I know the people have it. We lost our church treasurer in Brazil, died of it a couple months ago. It's true. It's a reality. It is a disease, and I'm not knocking that. I'm not saying you, we can't take certain precautions or whatever. What I'm saying is, we should not be in fear because of COVID. Amen. Greater is he that is in us than the COVID that's in this world. Amen. Amen. And after all, what is the worst thing COVID could do to a Christian? The worst thing it could do is leave you here. Let's be honest. The best thing it could do is take you to heaven. So if it kills you, that's great. Your family may not like it, but that's great for you. Amen. Hey, I'm going to heaven. No problem, no sweat. Family, sorry, but I'm, I'm on my way. Anyway, but if it makes you sick, makes you feel miserable, and leaves you here, it's like, man, if you're going to make me feel miserable, at least take me on, you know? But hey, it is bad. It's serious. It is a disease. It's serious. I'm not knocking it, but the Christians should not be all up in arms about it. Oh, another thing interesting is, God is greater than who sits on the presidency seat of the United States of America. And I've seen people all upset and all up in arms about, oh, about, you know, the president and how the election was stolen, all that sort of stuff. Hey, 
If we'd use our breath to share about the love of Jesus Christ, we'd get a whole lot more done. And you know something? Jesus Christ is bigger than President Biden. Jesus Christ is eternal. We need to share about the strength of God. When we think of the strength of God and how powerful and mighty he is, and think that he's on our side, I mean, we're on his side, technically, do we have to really keep worried about what's going on in this world? Let's just roll our sleeves back and get busy doing the work that he left us to do. So he says, you know, hey, the praise of the Lord and his strength and the wonderful works which he hath done. Has God done some wonderful things for you? Amen. Do you share them? I don't know about this church, but uh, uh, some churches actually have a time like on Wednesday night service or whatever. They have time just for sharing. Just share your blessings. It's good to share our blessings. It's good to remember what God did this week or last week or how he protected me as I was going down the road. You know, we were getting ready to come up here and yesterday I go out on a short little trip there. I was going to run down to Tennessee and back to, to, to Indiana and all of a sudden as I'm going, there's steam coming out from under the car. I was about an hour away, so I stopped, filled it up with water, ran back to the house, put it in the shop there the, where we're saying they have a mechanic shop. I fixed the car, whole $10 of parts. But I'm glad that happened there. God had it all worked out. If you imagine that happened halfway up here, I would not have made it. God has everything worked out. God does great things, even in little things. They're great things God does. Let's share the great things God does and how God blesses and how God does these things. So let's share the praise of the Lord. Let's share of his strength and the wonderful works which he hath done. He goes on there in verse 5, saying, For he established uh, a testament, a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children. Now as, as we think of this, I'm pretty sure Asaph here is going back, thinking of, Exodus chapter 20, the Ten Commandments, the repetition of that, Deuteronomy chapter 5. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, we find an interesting thing where, uh, you know, God is letting the people know, listen, you need to know that the Lord your God is one Lord, and you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your might, with all your soul. And it says, the things that you have been taught today, what are you supposed to do with them? Teach them diligently. There's that strange word they throw in there. Teach it diligently to your children. And once you've taught them diligently to your children, the verse goes on to say, and you should talk about these things. Not just teach them, but talk about them. And he gives four occasions. I'm going to change the order, not changing the Bible, just change the order because that's how our day functions. When you get up in the morning, talk about things of the Lord. When you're sitting at the table, talk about things of the Lord. When you're out and about the way, Talk about the things of the Lord. When you're getting ready to go to bed at night, talk about the things of the Lord. So that's what God had required the people of Israel to do. And I believe that we should do the same, is teach these things diligently to our children, and we should talk about them constantly. Not so much about the weather, not so much about politics, not so much about problems around us, but about God and his will for our lives. He goes on to verse 6 and he says, that the generation to come might know them. 
You see, God wants us to pass it on. That's actually the title of the message, Pass It On. So we need to share it with our generation, and we need to share these things with the generation to come. He says that, that it was God's will that the fathers would teach the generation to come so that the generation to come might know them. And he goes on here and says, even the children which should be born. You see, I should care that my two sons know the things of the Lord, love the Lord, and live for the Lord. But I should also be concerned for my kids' kids, even though they're not even married yet. They haven't even found a wife yet. Well, it'd be two wives, I guess. It's two sons. Uh, they haven't found wives yet. I should be concerned that my grandchildren will hear about the things of the Lord, understand the will of the Lord, and live for the Lord. That means I need to be very, very, very occupied and preoccupied before the Lord about who my sons get married to. Because if they don't get married to godly wives, my grandchildren may not have the chance that I had, that my children had. So he goes on, he says, that the generations who come might know them, even the children which should be born. They haven't been born yet. Another interesting thing about this phrase is, did you know that God cares about the unborn children? Yeah, let the... Abortion clinics deal with that one, huh? God cares about them already. Oh, they're not even born yet. That's right. God cares about them. He goes on, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children. That's like four generations down there. Are we concerned about getting the message across to the next generation and the following generation and the generation after that? You see, the United States of America, great nation, one nation under God, wonderful nation, their coin they put in God we trust, not in dollar we trust. A nation that was established on biblical principles. And let, yet let me ask you, what is the situation of the United States today? Very good. But it, it's crazy because as a missionary kid, I grew up all my life on the mission field, and every four years or so back in the United States for six months a year, mostly a year, and go back to the mission field and come back. Every time I'd come back to the United States, it was a cultural shock because things are changing. This time we stayed in the United States for a year and four months now. I have seen things change in this past year and four months that is scary. How can it be that a nation, one nation under God, has become so crazy? Because Christians forgot to pass it on. But Satan did not forget to pass it on. He infiltrated our schools some time back and started teaching something called theory of evolution. They now has become doctrine in most schools and non-Christian universities. It's crazy to see that you even have Christians, pastors, so to say, in today's date, that are preaching that, well, you know, evolution is kind of correct. It's just the way that God used to create everything. It's either the Bible or it's not. 
when they start mixing everything together, they can't figure out the difference between a man and a woman, for goodness sakes. We need to step up and get busy and get passing it on because devil is doing it and he's gaining the world. We need to fight back. We need to pass on the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to make sure that our generation knows it, that our children know it, that our grandchildren will know it, that our great-grandchildren will know it. We need to make sure that this whole generation finds out and shares it with their children. And there's a reason for that. In verse 7 he says, that they might set their hope in the government. No? If your Bible says that, throw it out and get yourself a good one. That they might set their hope in God. God is the only hope. You can't trust or wait upon the government to save things, make things right. It doesn't matter. Republican, Democrat, whatever. It's not going to make a difference as far as we're saving the country. Only God can really save the country. Only God can really bring true hope. Well, this world is going to get warmer and getting warmer. Yes, it's going to turn into a ball of fire. That's why we need to witness to people and get them out of here before that happens. We need to understand that our mission as Christians is the salvation of souls and the growth of the saints so that they'll go out and reproduce other saints. That's our job. That's our mission. We need to help people understand that the only hope there is, is hope in God. And that they should not forget the works of God. How will they not forget the works of God? How many have already forgotten the works of God around us, think that God doesn't even exist? Why? Because they're not being told. They'll forget. Have you ever stopped to wonder why the Old Testament, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why the Old Testament exists, but one of the main reasons why the Old Testament exists is to show us, uh, yes, about Jesus Christ. It shares the, 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 the coming up of Jesus Christ. One thing it shows about the people of Israel is they forget. They're following God. Everything's great. They forget, start following other gods. God punishes them. Then they remember. And then they, hey, human forget. That's just natural. We forget. So if we don't keep reminding ourselves and reminding other people that the only hope there is is hope in God and the, the, that they may set their hope in God, not forget God's works, what God did, how God created everything, but that they would keep his commandments. It is important that people understand God's will for their life. It is important that they keep his commandments. I know you may say, well, we don't get saved by keeping commandments. Well, true, we get saved by grace through faith. But Christians should keep God's commandments. Well, you know, we don't keep the Ten Commandments specifically. Well, let's just go to the New Testament then. If, if, if you could remember that we should love one another, and that we should love God first of all, but we should love one another. If you love your neighbor, are you willing for your neighbor to go to hell? God gave us a commandment through Jesus Christ. He says, go ye therefore into all the world. Are we going? Are we going across our street? Are we going out in the world and witnessing about the Lord Jesus Christ? 
Or do we hope that, I don't know about you, about fishing. I like fishing. Don't do it a lot, but I like fishing. But to go fishing, you have to prepare yourself, set a date and time, prepare your tackle, you know, and then you go out, go to where the fish are, and you hope that as you keep throwing the bait out there, you can attract one fish. How many times do you throw it out there? Until you're tired. But hopefully at least one fish will get, grab on it. But when it comes to witnessing, we go like, oh, I have to pray about it. I need to set time aside for it. I need to prepare the tackle, make sure that I've got the right bait, what's going to attract people to understand the word of God. And then I'm going to go out there where they're at and try time after time after time, throw it out there, throw it out there, throw it out there, throw it out there. I mean, I can see the fish down there. I'm dropping the hook almost in its mouth and it won't get it. Keep trying. Salvation is not forced. It's by grace through faith. You keep attracting them with the word of God and let them come to Lord Jesus Christ. We need to do that. We need to pass it on. Now, just something interesting here when it, we were talking about passing it on to our children. There's a verse in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. And we like that last part of the verse, you know, the, the promise part of, you know, when he grows old, he shall not depart from it. But that first part of the verse, sometimes we overlook something. It does not say train up your child only. It says that a child needs to be brought up in the way he should go. In Brazil, we have a terrible situation with trying to train nationals because they get saved at a certain age and they already have so much bad baggage behind. And so God has blessed us with ministry. You'll see it tomorrow of starting a boys club where we start working with boys when they're eight years old, nine years old, and start training them up in the way they should go. Show them the word of God. Teach them the word of God. Help them to grow in the word and the will of God. So as we look at things tonight, think to yourself, am I doing my job to take the message to my generation, the next generation, making sure that the following generation is going to hear? Do I really care about the salvation of souls? You may say, well, you know, what can I do about the kids? Well, I'm sure your church would be delighted if you'd go invite your neighbors to come to church. And say, oh, we can't go. Well, can we take your kids to Sunday school class? Can we take them to church? Can we help them to have this great time learning about God? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So would you take the challenge in your life to not be a bench-warming Christian, but get busy passing the message on to who? Everybody. Where? Everywhere. How? With excitement. As we're talking about our God and what He can do. Let them know of God's love and God's will for their lives. Let's bow our heads. I'll have the pastor come up to finish the service.
very simple challenge, and yet a challenge that's so needful. Praise. Teaching. Sharing. Bragging on our God for what he's done for us. Is God speaking to your heart tonight? I want to begin with just asking the question, do you know Christ as your Savior? Have you been born again? Time and place in your life when you trusted in Jesus Christ as your Savior. You know beyond a shadow of a doubt, based on the promise of God's word, that you're on your way to heaven. If that's your testimony tonight, with heads bowed and eyes closed, would you lift your hand up and say, yes, I know I'm saved. I know I'm going to heaven. God bless me. Put your hands down. Maybe you're here tonight. You don't have that peace. You don't know 100% sure. God wants you to know. God wants you to have that peace. Is God speaking to your heart right now? You might say, I don't know for sure if I died this moment that I'd go to heaven. Could I pray for you tonight? With their heads bowed and eyes closed, nobody looking around, would you just slip your hand up? I won't call you out. I won't embarrass you. Would you say, I don't know? God bless you. I see that hand. You say, I don't have that peace. I don't know. Listen, God wants you to know tonight. God wants you to know before you leave this place that you have 100% peace in knowing that you're on your way to heaven, not because of what I say, but based on a promise from a God that cannot lie. God loves you. In just a moment, here in our church, we have a time we call an invitation. We invite folks to come. If you're here tonight, you don't know for sure you're going to heaven, I would invite you to step out and come. We'll have somebody open the word of God in our side prayer room here and show you how you can be saved tonight. Christian, is God speaking to your heart? There's so many things about this message that I believe the Holy Spirit of God could prick our heart, could speak to us about. Teaching. Praising. Sharing. Do people know you're a child of God? Do people know how to go to heaven because of what you shared with them? Who is it that God's laying on your heart right now, that person that you know that you've never shared the gospel with? Or maybe you have, and yet you have such a burden for them. Would you pray for them? Would you give your life tonight? The song that the piano is playing, it only takes a spark, just a small little thing. Would you let God work in your life and you be that spark that would allow for people to come to know Christ as their Savior? I'm going to invite us tonight to respond as the Holy Spirit of God has spoken to our heart to this invitation, an invitation from God, not from me. God's inviting you to come and say, would you come? Would you, would you make a commitment to be a soul winner, to share the gospel? To share praise of what I've done, who I am. Would you come pray for that lost loved one or friend? Let's all stand with our heads bowed and eyes closed. Lord, we thank you. Thank you so much for who you are. You're worthy of all of our praise. Lord, I pray that tonight that your Holy Spirit would challenge our hearts. I pray, Lord, for that, that person here tonight, the, those that raised their hand that said that they don't know for sure they're going to heaven. Lord, I pray that they would just step out in just a moment. They would come and receive you tonight. I pray your Holy Spirit would lead them.
they would listen. Lord, I pray for those tonight that you're speaking to their heart about being a witness. Lord, we're in a missions conference, and yet our own community needs to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our own friends, neighbors, relatives. Lord, challenge our hearts. May we respond to your Holy Spirit's invitation right now. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to invite you. Won't you come tonight? Would you just come and say, Lord, I'm willing. Lord, I'll, I'll be a witness for you. Lord, I want to lift up your name. Would you come and pray for that, that friend? Pray for that person that God's laying on your heart, that they would get saved, that God would use you. You might not have a person that even comes to mind right now. Would you come and say, Lord, open my eyes to see. You're here tonight. You say, I don't know for sure I'm going to heaven. Would you step out and come right now? Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. I invite you to come. Won't you come and trust in Christ? Won't you come and accept him today? There's still time. God's speaking to your heart. Won't you come? Nothing to be ashamed of. Nothing to be afraid of. The only thing that you should fear tonight is leaving without knowing that you're going to heaven. sing this song. If you know it, sing it with me. If you know it, if you have the words back there. It only takes a spark to get a fire going. And soon all those around can warm up in its glowing. how it is with God's love. Once you've experienced it, you want to sing. It's fresh like spring. You want to pass it on. Amen. Well, I've certainly enjoyed the night. Have you enjoyed this night? Praise the Lord. It's been great preaching. I've enjoyed to hear the testimonies, and I'm looking forward to tomorrow night. I want to invite you to uh, be back tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. We've got some more preaching tomorrow night. We'll be hearing some more testimonies and looking forward to some more special music tomorrow night.
and uh, make sure you make plans to be here with us tomorrow night. If you see, maybe just invite some folks to come. We'd love to see more people come. Anybody's welcome to come, and, uh, and praise the Lord. It's good to see you here tonight. Invite you back tomorrow night. To, uh, Saturday morning at 9 o'clock, we're going to be having a men's prayer breakfast. There's a clipboard that's back on the back table. A lot of folks have signed up, but if you haven't had a chance to sign up yet, if you would do that, that way we have a proper number. I know Ken's going to be going to buy some food for the breakfast tomorrow so make sure you sign up tonight if you would that's at nine o'clock saturday morning and then at noon we'll be having a ladies luncheon there's also a clipboard back there and as far as food goes do you all still need some more help with food for the ladies luncheon where's let's see here we're doing good with that so just make sure you write your name down if you're planning on coming and if you signed up for food don't forget to bring that that'll be at noon on saturday and then sunday morning I would encourage you, once again, take those uh, Faith Promise Commitment cards. Be in prayer. Uh, when you go Tonight, before you go to bed, before you sleep, ask God to speak to your heart. Be praying the next couple of days, and then Sunday morning we'll be collecting those. And so I praise the Lord for that. Just want to say real quickly, um, before we're dismissed, um, I want to just share with you a couple of things very quickly from our, our book here. Um, last year, and I, I want to announce this now, and I'll announce it again on Sunday as well, but last year the commitment... Um, that was made through Faith Promise was $964.21. Um, the amount